time for tithes and offering and that's one way we can show we love the Lord because he said giving is gaining hallelujah I'm gonna read the scripture that coming from 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 through 7 and it reads but this I say he which soweth sparingly shall, re shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loves what? A cheerful giver. Glory, hallelujah. Ushers, you may come forward. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for this season that you have given us, blessed us, allowed us to see and still be here, Father God, thanksgiving. So, Father God, we show up this day, we show up this morning, Lord, with a heart of gratitude, saying, Lord, thank you for allowing our lives to roll on a little while longer. Thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord God. Thank you for brand new mercies with benefits, Father God, forgiveness, healing, guidance, direction, protection. 
Oh, Lord God, the list can go on and on. But, Father God, we thank you for seeing and being our all in all, our everything, Father God. We thank you for the angel of the house and every family that's represented, Father God, that you will bless them with the blessing that you see they stand in need of, Lord God. Help and have mercy. Father God, we thank you for the projects that are going on in, the, in this house, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be a part of blessing and financing them, Father God. For your word said you give seed to the sower. Your word said you give help, give us help so that we can, can do what needs to be did and done, Father God. Be able to give and provide, Father God. So whatever you're doing this day and this season, Lord God, we pray and ask that you don't do it without us. If you can use anything or anybody, use us, make us, mold us, break us, purge us, prune us, create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit, we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
grateful for the opportunity to be in the land of the living. Amen. How many of you are grateful you are still alive? Amen. If it has not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would have been swallowed up. Again, we want to thank God for all of you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. It is always good. David said he was glad when they said to him, let's go to church. So we are so glad to see all of you. We pray that something will be said or done today that will increase your faith in God. Always remember serving the Lord pays. Amen. I've never seen anybody that serve God and get stuck in the elevator of life. So God is a rewarder. The Bible said he rewards those who diligently seek him. Amen. Please don't forget all of the activities that we have before us. Amen. Especially, we're now preparing for what we call watch night service. So please help us get the word out in the community. Amen. I'm believing God that the community will be out They'll be right here with us. If we want this whole house to be full, it's a time of us celebrating a new year. So those of you in the media ministry, help us get the word out on television, radio, social media, every communication outlet. And then let's use word of mouth. Thank God for our mouth. Amen. Aren't you glad you can speak? Amen. So, tell somebody, come and see what God is doing here at Zion Hill. I'm pleased to report we have a special guest with us this morning. Uh, about four years ago, he visited us. And he's back with us one more time. Uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask him to share with you some words of greetings, just to say hello to all of you. He is the king of Declare Kingdom, where I came from. Amen. We are so honored. Thank you, Your Highness, for being here. And is very special to your pastor. Uh, not only is he the king, or he rules the whole kingdom, so I'm subject to him. However, he's also my relative, so he's my brother. So, <laughs> so it's a very unique relationship. And I remember when he was coming up, his father was the king then. And I was teaching a high school. 
and he was one of my students. So you see how close we are. And now, but I can't walk in his circle no more. He's way, he, he didn't left me behind, but that's all right. But we are so honored to have uh, His Highness King Mufutau Lawal. Amen. You're welcome. In Jesus' name, we appreciate you. He's on a special mission. Came all the way to United States to give an assignment to your pastor. So he's not just here to eat Popeye chicken. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of Nigerians all over the U.S., and he wants for me to to lead them. They're all over the place. Some in New York and Chicago. I don't know wherever they are. And, and you know I'm already very busy. Yeah, that's one thing. Time is the, the most precious thing God gave me. Far more important to me than money. So, but I cannot say no to the king. In our neck of the woods. Now here, if the president speaks, you can say no, or you can give him the finger. But but in Africa, it's not so. When the king speaks, uh, it's a command. So, but because he took out of his busy schedule just to come and speak to me, he could have done that on the telephone. He could have te sent me a text, but this is very important to him. So my assignment is to gather all those Nigerians, wherever they are, and provide them leadership so they can connect with their homeland and coordinate. That's what we call ambassadors. That's what he's appointing me to do. But we're grateful for him being here. Your Excellency, would you like to say anything, sir? You're more than welcome. Please come forward. Will you please help me give him a big welcome? I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Please sit down. Praise the Lord. You please help me praise the Lord. Once again, praise the Lord. Because he's the only one we can praise. He's the only one that keeps us alive. And nobody else can do it except him. So we need to glorify him. I want to use this opportunity to appreciate God in my life, in your life, and in my pastor's life. Because this time around last 2019, on the 24th, I was in this church. Today is 26, if I'm not mistaken. November again, four years back. Thank God for the living. 
for the opportunity given us. I came in peace. I met you in peace. The ministry is still existing. You people are gathering here to worship again. To God be the glory. Let me use this opportunity to appreciate everybody here for being there for my pastor. He used to be my teacher, my brother, as he rightly said. But today, God has lifted me up. So it's now my subject. And for being a good ambassador, to me, I feel delighted to visit him once again to give him that assignment, to coordinate my people, because they have to give back home. They have to give back home. God has given them. So the only thing they can do for us is not to forget us. We are at home. We cannot go elsewhere. I cannot come and stay in America. I have to be at home, working day by day to keep my people living. So the only thing he can do for me is to make me coordinate all my people, wherever they are. We have all their addresses. So I'm giving him that task. And I pray God will guide him. God will give him the strength to carry out that uh, assignment. So once again, for being there for him, for assisting him, for your financial and moral support for this ministry, I appreciate you all. And may God continue to uphold you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Come on, help me thank God. What a blessing. And keep me in your prayers as I try to do the ambassador work <laughs> throughout. This is a big country, and people are not in the same place. They're all over the place. But, but to whom much is given, much is required. I want to thank God for Israel Tippett. Uh, he's back here with us. Thank you for the miracle. Amen. Thank God for my prophetess, eh, Patricia. Amen. She, she's going on a cruise tomorrow. You know, they don't like for me to tell the whole world, but what can I say? Uh, I'm just happy that God is blessing us in this church. I thank God for all of you that God has healed and miracles taking place. All this good report is evidence that God is in this place. Amen. So every day we should be thankful. Just tell God, thank you. Amen. So I'm going to ask that we all stand and, and go around, say hello to somebody. Thank you, deacons and choirs. We appreciate you, musicians. Just shake somebody's hand.
before we receive the Holy Communion this morning, I want to share with you all briefly from the Word of God. Will you please stand with me in reference to the Bible? I'm going to be reading from the book of St. Matthew's, chapter 27. Verse 46. I just want to talk about one verse. And then we will receive the Holy Communion. And we can go home. The book is Matthew. Chapter 27. Verse number 46. We welcome those of you who are live streaming. I know many of you are still out there for the Bayou Classic. <laughs> I knew exactly where you are. <laughs> now, actually, on a serious note, many people notified me. That's one thing I'm proud of all of you. You always let me know when you're traveling, where you're going, so we appreciate that. So, but wherever you are, your live streaming, we welcome you also. And those of you listening on radio or television, both local, state, national, international, we, we are grateful. Amen. You all can participate in this worship experience. The book is Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. The Bible says, and about the ninth hour, Jesus Christ cried out with a loud voice. And he says something. He said, Eli, Eli, Lamak Sabachthani. He said, that means, my God, my God. Why? Has thou forsaken me? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the word of God. Lord, we thank you for who you are. And thank you for the price you paid on our behalf. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to this worship experience. Lord, I pray that you will answer every prayer request in this house. I pray, oh God, that you will use your servant to proclaim what thus says the Lord. Lord, I pray that you will touch us in a very special way. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. You may be seated. I'm so grateful to all of our pastors that are here. Pastor Reed, Pastor Tenney, Pastor Edison. We are grateful. All of our associates, thank you for your ministry. Our subject for discussion this morning is titled, The Truth About Sovereign. 
the truth about suffering. The passage I just read to your hearing, ladies and gentlemen, those are words of Jesus Christ himself. He was on the cross and he was suffering. In the midst of being hanged, in the midst of bleeding, blood gushing everywhere, in the midst of pain, the Bible said he cried out. He cried out to God, his father. And he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? So he knew something about suffering. What is suffering? I don't want to assume that you know what we are talking about. But ladies and gentlemen, it's a state of being in trouble. Anybody ever been in trouble before? Amen. I raised both of my hands. Amen. I know what it is to be in trouble. It's a state of undergoing pain. Sometimes you're going through distress. Sometimes you're going through hardship. Bills are due. You have no money to pay. I've been there. Sickness in the family. Trouble on the job. Somebody here knows what it is to suffer. Sometimes it can be physical. Sometimes it can be emotional. Sometimes you can be going through and even people around you have no clue what's going on. Suffering is real. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that this is hardly talked about in the church. Church folks have learned to numb their pain. In fact, they tell people when you come to Jesus, all your problems are solved. That's a lie. Ladies and gentlemen, they will tell you when you come to Jesus, you will never be sick again. There will be no more pain. There will be no more trouble. That is a lie. So when suffering happens to Christians, they don't know how to deal with it. Because they've been lied to all their life. That is why Christians, when they're in trouble, when they're going through hardship, then they begin to ask the question, why? Because they were not prepared for it. I must admit, even I tried to get out of this. Because I told God, no, 
Church people, they don't like this kind of sermon. I see, I, I rather talk about good stuff. But by permission of the Holy Spirit, I have to be obedient this month. Because we don't know much about suffering, we're asking questions. Why? Sometimes we ask the question, where is God? The passage I read to you say Jesus was on the cross. He was not chatting on text message. He was in pain. He was suffering. It was a difficult time. Let me go on record to say it's not just Jesus who have been through suffering. If you read your Bible closely, you will notice there are other people who are followers of Jesus Christ. And I thank God for Jesus because he forewarned everyone that anyone that will follow me you will go through storm. See, it's not like church folks. He didn't lie to his followers. I respect that. I admire that. You look through the Bible, James, who was a pastor like, you, like me. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12, Herod, the king, arrested him and killed him. Am I still in the book? And then the Bible said, then he proceeded to arrest another preacher by the name Peter. And he was going to kill him too. The reason why King Herod was going to kill Peter is because when he killed the other preacher, the people liked it. It was a popular idea. So he said, let's do it again. But you all remember the story. In the middle of the night, God sent an angel that break the shackles of the preacher's hand. Some of you right now, you are being shackled by the devil. You need to be loose this morning. Are you all still here this morning? The will of God is to deliver you and me when we're in trouble. Before King Herod could get to Peter, he was gone. The Bible said the doors were opening. These were chains, though. If you, if you ever been to, to the jailhouse, you will understand. I see some of our lawyers here. Uh, Tony Spears and some of you in the audience, you've been to the jailhouse to represent your client. I've been there. And, and bless God, when they slammed out of boom, you know the, nobody playing game around here. But the Bible said all those doors swing wide open. Amen. But James did not escape the wrath of death. I'm talking about suffering. Philip, if you remember, he was stoned 
to death. Are you listening to me? Even Peter, who I just told you escaped in, in the final analysis, he was crucified just like Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we have John, a disciple of Jesus Christ. He was boiled a cooking oil in a big pot. They throw him there. You can imagine the pain. You can imagine the suffering. Apostle Paul, I love his writing. Guess what? They beheaded him for being Christian. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Suffering is not unique only to the Son of God. Even you and me will go through sometimes. Sometimes you go through stuff that you can't even tell nobody about. It. Can I get a witness? I've been there. I always tell my, my senior brothers, now I'm in a position to help them. But I will remind them, you see the glory, but you don't know my story. I was here in this country, homeless. No place to lay my head. But God. So I'm not talking theories. I know what it is to go through. Ladies and gentlemen, in the book of St. John, chapter 9, you see our brothers, the story was told, he was born blind. Suffering. The disciples saw him, and they were trying to figure out why. The same question that you and I are asking when we are in trouble, they were trying to ask, who messed up? Did his mama sin? Was his father no good? How can this happen to a human being he never seen in his life? There's a lesson there because Jesus told them that this guy is going through suffering for the glory of God. I'm talking about the truth about suffering. Sometimes you have to suffer for the glory of God. I would tell my own brothers in Africa, I say, I am Joseph. God sent me to a foreign land so I can save the rest of you. But you have to go through stuff. Are you still here? You remember the story of Job. The Bible said Job was an upright man. Am I still in the book? He said he was a good man. And yet Job lost everything. Lost all of his property. Lost all of his children. How can a good man go through suffering? That ought to tell you another thing. You don't have to be a bad person. 
to suffer. <laughs> In case you miss it, my first point to you is that some of your suffering, some of my suffering is for the glory of God. God can use you to save somebody else. And I'm sharing with you point number two, just in case you're making note. You don't have to be a sinner. You don't have to do wrong to suffer. If you're a student of history, you will remember in 1865, that was the year all the slaves in America were freed. These were people, my people that has been worked for years, for decades, for centuries, without pay. That is suffering. Not a single compensation. And that's not to talk about the mistreatment. Suffering. Then when it's all over, one of the leaders said, well, now that they are free, they said, because they have nothing. Because we're going to just let them out there. Say, let's give each of them 40 acres and a meal so they can start life all over. And they never got it. I'm talking about suffering. One of the tragedies of this generation is that you take God for granted. Some people labored and suffered for the benefits that you're taking for granted today. I'm talking about suffering. What do you do when all of a sudden you find yourself a candidate for suffering? Let me be honest with you. Many preachers are afraid to preach this kind of subject. And the truth be told, the reason why they are afraid is because this is not a popular subject in the church. Church folks want to hear, bless me, touch me, heal me, deliver me. More houses and land. They don't want to hear about suffering. But there's a reason why Apostle Paul said, oh, that I may know him. In the power of his resurrection. In the fellowship of his suffering. If you're going to be a child of God, you've got to learn to suffer. I never will forget 30 something years ago. 37, 38 years, when my wife wants to get married to me, I, the first thing I told her, God is my witness. If you're going to marry this man, you're going to suffer. She's sitting right there. Oh, she said, no, 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 I don't, I don't believe in that. 
Now go back and ask her today. Anyone, if you're going to achieve something big, you have to go through. I told my children, many of you see them, they look pretty, but they go through. They face challenges. And I have to remind them, I took all of them to, for breakfast one day, I said, listen to me, children. You are flying high. Anybody that will fly high in life, you got to go through some turbulence. If you don't want trouble, do nothing. But every fly high flyer, there's bump along the way. Am I telling the truth? Ladies and gentlemen, that's why in the book of St. Luke, chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, if any man will come after me. <laughs> I like the brother. <laughs> He's very honest. He said, instruction number one, you have to deny yourself. Instruction number two, you have to pick up your cross. That's right. You're going to be nailed. You're going to be crucified. You're going to be talked about. Somebody will lie on you. God is my witness. When, when my children are going through trouble, I never shed one tears. I watch them cry. I watch their mama cry. I just ignore them. Because I know if you're going to be great, it's going to cost you something. Can you all handle the truth this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, Preachers nowadays, they would rather lie and use fancy words. You never hear them talk about suffering. They will talk about, instead of using the word suffering, they will say challenges. <laughs> they will say, well, uh, brother so-and-so is struggling right now. But the truth is the truth. Suffering is real. Question, why do we suffer? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Now, I've got to confess to you now, some of our suffering is caused by our sin. <laughs> you can hear the Holy Spirit telling you, don't do this, don't do that. You ignore the law, you do it, you get your behind kicked. Mm -hmm. But there are some suffering that comes as a result of just living in a broken world. This world you're living in, how old is my baby from college? 
Hallelujah. Good to see you, my dear. I'm so proud of you. That's another high flyer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, sir. <laughs> now you see why I challenge all your children. Sometimes when you're not looking, I pull them to the side. I say, you know, pastor love you. Yes, sir. I say, you are destined for greatness. Don't pay attention to all this mess in American culture. You can fly high. I shake them. I lay hand on them. I say, I see you at the top. That's where you belong. You're not ordinary. The days of struggling are over. The days of poverty are over. You can be anything you want to be. Ladies and gentlemen, another reason why we suffer, it's not always because of sin. It's not always because of the broken world. That we, you know, when I say broken world, it was messed up since Adam and Eve. Long before you were born. Long before I was born. Broken world. But sometimes also we suffer. So that God can be glorified. And you're still here. So don't just take communion today. Please understand that what you're doing today is a product of Jesus' suffering. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says he was wounded. That's suffering. He was bruised. That's suffering. All of our mess, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was beaten. Stripes. Then the Bible said by those stripes, every time they whoop him, the blood gushing out. You see those, those, uh, What's the English for that? Banana, yeah. But whoop. Every time they hit him, it has blades in it. They pull the skin. And the Bible said, by his stripe, we are healed. I don't know about you. That's a good place to shout. Hallelujah. There's a lesson there. I'm trying to paint a picture. And I'm afraid the African preacher is a storyteller. What I'm trying to tell you is that you got to go through hard part to get to the good part. I can close my book and go home. Brother Brown, I see preachers nowadays, and they will call me, hey, Dr. Joshua, will you please tell us what it takes to succeed? But the real question is, are you willing to suffer? It will cost you to win in life. Jesus went through it was so bad, ladies and gentlemen, but look at the other side of the coin. 
When you get a chance, read the book of Philippians chapter 2, beginning from verse 9. He says, look, now after he went through all that, God has now highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Open your mouth, shout amen today. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem for many Christians is that when trouble comes, when suffering show up, guess what they do? They run. They run, run, baby, run. <laughs> they will hide. They will try to get away. I wish I have time to walk you through the scripture. Everybody that runs from trouble, they are never blessed. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to show you, don't just take communion. You've got to understand, it cost Jesus. The Bible says now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. You don't get to the palace by chance. You don't get to the throne by chance. You've got to suffer. Look at Hagar. Hagar was a, a servant woman, right? Housemaid, whatever you call it. And she ran like church folks today. You're running. You're running from your miracles. Running from your blessings. Guess what God did to her? God called Sister Gray, make no mistake now, she was going through some suffering. She was being persecuted. But God said, go back. Am I still in the Bible? Why do you think God told her, go back to the situation where you are suffering? You go through some things right now so that God can make a man out of you. You going through some trials right now. You think your husband walked away. You think your friends are few. You think you're struggling right now. God is preparing you to be a real woman for the glory of God. I thank God for every trouble I've been through. I thank God for every trial I've been through. One songwriter put it this way, if I never had a problem, I would never know there is a God that can fix me and fix my trouble. I would never fully understand what faith in God could do. Through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. Do I have a witness in the house? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Moses 
was like you and me. God is trying to use him. He ran away for 40 years. He ran away. God will never bless you as long as you're running. You don't run from your mountain. You face your mountain. You don't run from any giant. You confront every giant. Can you handle the truth? Jonah was a good example. He ran. That's what's wrong with church folks today. Just trying to hide. Just trying to run. I was telling one of my sons in, in ministry, he passed over there in Ruston, and I said, you know your true members when trouble comes. I said, yes, I pastor the largest minority church in this whole region. And I'm grateful, I'm proud of it. But no, don't be fooled by the numbers. Your real member is when you get in trouble and look back and see how many are still following you. I tell Dr. Bakari, I say, shut up, go back to work, son. I say, you're called to lead. It cost to be a leader. Ladies and gentlemen, notice that everyone in the Bible that ran, they ended up in wilderness. That's why God made them to go back. Go back to where you're running from. You'll be surprised. Some people, God has called them into ministry, but they are running. It's just like you hear the king of my kingdom telling you this morning, the, the assignment, I don't have the time. I don't want to fool with these black folks. But when you are called, and I come to tell somebody there is a calling on your life. Stop running. Stand up and be counted. If you have to go through, then you go through. And you can always count on God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Whenever he gives you a vision, he'll make a way for provision. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I trying to tell you? If you're going through this morning, if you don't hear anything else I have to say, God sent me all the way from Africa to tell you, stop running. I can close my book and go home. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Are you still here this morning? 
I'm saying to you, you cannot go to a good part without going through some hard part. Tell your neighbor I got it. And I'm not saying it's fair. Life is not always fair. But God is fair. Did you hear what I said? Life may not be fair to you, but God is fair. There's a lot of things going on today in America that ain't right. And you can feel the pain sometimes. Always knowing you're knowing God is fair. God is just. One of the things I like about the character of God is that he's a just God. Do you know what I mean when I say God is just? That word just is from the word justice. You know, I'm a lawyer. That's what I work for. I make a living pursuing justice. When I say God is just, that means God is in the business of turning wrong thing and turning it right. He may not come when you want him. But I guarantee you, he's always right on time. Somebody shout amen for just God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you need to do. When I say God is just, there's a condition for it. Did you hear what I just said? God's justice is not automatic. If you want God to right every wrong in your life, oh, I'm talking from personal experience now. You don't learn this in school. If you want God to avenge your enemies, help me, Holy Spirit. If you want God, you know, I will say no weapon for or fashion against me shall prosper if you want God to make your enemies leave you alone. There are two conditions you got to meet. How many conditions? Number one, you got to trust God. <laughs> this is where a lot of people flung the test. You're too busy trying to fix it. You got to trust God. Number two, you got to handle every wrong in a right way. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, the way you respond to your suffering is critical. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. You cannot do what everybody does. If you don't believe me, you talk to a pregnant woman. When you are carrying a miracle, you cannot do what every woman does. 
because you're pregnant. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I'm pregnant for a miracle. Hallelujah. I'm believing God for the impossible. Hallelujah. I read in the Bible, you say, eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. It's not been conceived in the hearts of men what God has in stock for me. So I can be a part of any mess. I cannot join any clique. If you have to stand alone, stand by yourself. Stand with God. You got to handle every wrong with the right attitude. I'm trying to help somebody today. I wish I had more time to break this down. I came to this, this, this great church, you know, and it was rough, you know. I had to go through some turbulence, you know. This one of my son in the ministry. This is another son in the ministry. They will share with me from time to time what they go through. And I will smile. Because I know that's part of the recipe. In fact, the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth. If you're not going through any problem, if you're not facing any trial, I'm, honestly, I don't want to be around you. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, I was minding my own business, you know. And bless God, the Lord gave me this idea of building this edifice, you know, this is a multi-million dollar project. And bless God, I wanted the best for God's people. I went and studied, did research, and then I found a building in the state of Texas, in the city of Tyler, Texas. Don't know anybody there. Just trying to do what is right. These walls you see, this is not the ordinary wall you see in every church. This wall, you cannot tell, but it's tilted. This is a performance theater. Because <laughs> I love praising God. I know the value of worship. So I didn't want just any contractor. I want somebody with special knowledge. And bless God, we found out to cut the story short. Then trouble arose. They said the only reason why pastor is going to Tyler to have somebody, he got a bribe under the table. Oh, I was so hot. Oh, it was a painful experience. Oh, you talk about suffering. I told God I quit. I told God I can't use some language I used to with God. I said, I don't give. I, 
I have a career. I'm a lawyer. I'm a businessman. I don't need to be a part of any church. I told God I'm out of here. And the Holy Spirit responded to me. He said, you must suffer. Then he reminded me of what Jesus went through. Before he's now highly exalted. He is now giving a name that is above every name. That's why sometimes I say you see the glory, but you don't know my story. Dr. Brown, I worked there in the same school you were with. I was called to preach one time over there at the, at the university where I work. Every preacher that comes to preach there, they get paid. I never charge them one dime. God is my witness. I just want to spread the gospel. I preached my heart out. Didn't get nothing for it. Then trouble arose. They said, oh, he's mean to women. He's too hard on women. If there's one pastor in this region who has stretched his hand to have women in ministry, I am one of them. But when the enemy gets ready to attack you, they'll come up with rumors. Oh, I was so hurt. I'm saying to myself, I don't need none of you folks. I'm doing well by myself. The Holy Spirit comes to me again and says, son, no, this too shall pass. Don't even defend yourself. Don't say one word. God is my witness. Every trouble, every trial I've been through, God defended me and knocked out every one of my accusers. They're either dead or they're gone. Are you listening to me? What is the secret? You got to trust God. <laughs> I hear the Lord say, I don't know who I'm talking to. This battle is not yours. It's the Lord. Let God fight for you. Let God defend you. Let God protect your children. If you allow God, God can do better than you can ever do for yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Arrest my case. Arrest my case. Everybody stand to your feet. Tea so sweet. To trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the same Jesus. Thank you.
Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to touch you. I want to pray for somebody this morning. If you hear this word, and this word of knowledge has meant something to you, I want to pray with you. The Bible says, two shall agree concerning anything, it shall be done. Maybe you face some trial. Maybe you're dealing with some mountain right now. Maybe you believe in God for your situation. Find your way to the altar. You're the one that God sent it to. Oh, for grace to trust you. Be light on. Be mistreated. Call everything but a child of God. But God sent me to tell you he's got your back. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I trust you. How you prove more and more. Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust you more. Can I tell you? I told him, Freeman, you know what happened to me? Ten years later, after being called everything but a child of God, in this same house, ten years later, I became the pastor of the largest, the largest church. God will fight for you. Ten years later, I find myself Five radio stations, television, and all kinds of parish I've never been to. There's hardly anywhere I go today that somebody will not say, you are a star. You are a celebrity. If I run the Kimberell, I would amaze my miracle. The same school where they plan a coup. I'm now one of the leading authorities in that university. Nothing gets done without my blessing. God will stand still and know that God's got your back. You've got to know in your knowing God's got your back. Storm may rise. Winds may blow. The songwriter said, I've seen the lightning flash. I heard the thunder rose. I felt sin break up, dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No. 
say that one more time. No, never. No, never. forsake me even then you Lord you pick me up Lord I thank you for everyone before this altar you know all about us you know our stories you know our experience but even in the midst of all we've been through it's good to know you got our back Lord we say thank you Thank you for being there when friends are few. Thank you for being there when we are going through we don't even understand. Thank you for being a, a friend that's still closer than a brother. Lord, you said if two or more shall agree concerning anything here on earth, it shall be done of our Father which is in heaven. Lord, I stand in agreement with my brothers and my sisters before this altar. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you will go before them. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you will stand behind them. Lord, I pray that you will stand before them. Everything the devil meant for evil. Lord, I pray that you will turn it around for their good. I pray, oh God, for uncommon miracles in the lives of your people. I pray, oh God, that you will show each of them that you are still in control. No weapon formed or fashioned against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you, I condemn them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I cover you and your family, your children, your children's children, with the blood of Jesus. By his stripe, you are healed. I pray that God will grant you the desires of your heart. Mark chapter 11 verse 24 say, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe, and you shall have them. Lord, I thank you for uncommon favor, uncommon miracle. In the life of these ones, oh God. Lord, I pray that you will touch their body. Lord, I pray that you will touch their pocketbook. Lord, I pray that you will touch their family. Lord, I pray that you will make a way out of no way. I cover this. I seal this prayer with the blood of Jesus. It is well with you. It is well with you. It is well with your family. It is well with your children. It is well with your job. It is well with your finance. It is well with your dreams. It is well with your vision. I pray that God will turn things around for your good. It is so. In Jesus' name.
Now we are at the battlefront now. The walls of Jericho is about to come down. You got to use your mouth. Open your mouth, shout hallelujah. 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 One more time, give God the loudest hallelujah. Thank you for being in church this morning. I want us to prepare our heart right now to receive the Holy Communion. And I thank choir and musicians as they sing, the blood will never lose its power. And as you and I understand, the blood doesn't come, but it's a product of suffering. I pray that you will seal this message in your spirit, man, with the blood of Jesus. I thank you for your willingness to study with me.
I pray that everyone been served. If you haven't been served, just let us know. Thank God for the word. Amen. Now we're getting to eat of the body and drink of the blood. The Bible said that Jesus was betrayed. Amen. He said to the disciples. Amen. He took the bread. He blessed it. Gave it to the disciples. He said, this is my body which was shared for you from remission of sin. Eat it to the glory of God. Father God, we ask you to bless it. Sanctified, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we realize that you were wounded for our transgression. You were bruised for our iniquity. And the chastised our pieces upon you. And by your stripe we already healed. Father God, we ask you to bless it once more to the glory of God. You may eat at this time. High glory. <laughs> yes, Lord. And again, he took the cup. He gave thanks. This is my blood which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sin. Drink it to the glory of God. Father God, we ask you to bless it. We ask you to sanctify it, Lord God. For Lord God, we realize, Lord, when we drink of this blood, this is your blood that was shed on Calvary. Lord, we receive it by faith, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we drink it to the glory of God because we realize that, hey, Lord, there's healing in the blood. There's deliverance in the blood. There's wholeness in the blood. There's power in the blood. And we thank you for the blood this morning that was shed on Calvary, that we might have a right to the tree of life. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we ask you to, Lord, God, bless it once more, that you may drink to the glory of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hey, <laughs> glory to God. This concludes the service, and we thank God for everyone that came out, and we pray that you take heed to the word, and not only be a hero, but be a doer of the word. Father God, we ask you, Lord, as we journey back to our home, to lead us, guide us, and protect us, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's one, praise God. That, amen. Maybe you don't have a church home. We want to welcome you, praise God. Amen. If, there's, if you're not saved, praise God, we want to welcome you. Amen. We lead you to help lead you to Christ. In Jesus' name. And we want to, amen, meet the pastor.